Welcome to This Is His Story podcast. Ministries and God's stories you need to know. Welcome to episode 13, The Nonprofit Digital Strategist. I get asked all the time, what is it that you do? (laughs) Whether that's my kids or friends or even people in the nonprofit world, which I serve, you know, how do I help? Who hires me? What gaps do I fill? Well, let's start with who I serve, and that's going to help everyone understand the gaps I feel and how I come alongside uh, ministries and churches. So I serve Christian organizations that are ministry-minded. It's a very unique, I even call it incestuous, lean industry. It has fluctuating revenues and budgets full of volunteers, overworked employees that wear a lot of different hats, and executive directors that are tasked with many, many things. It also, the nonprofit world, especially Christian nonprofits, is, even though it's small niche, you know, considering, you know, the whole United States and the whole world, it's still very large. And I focus on small to mid-sized organizations. I've found that, you know, anywhere from an income of $100,000 up to even $20 million, that's considered small to mid-size for Christian organizations. Those are the organizations that I help the most. And the bigger ones, even though I can help, they normally hire um, agencies that are a lot bigger than me because they actually need more hands-on than I'm able to do as a one-stop shop. So I I focus on small to mid-size. I normally work directly with the executive directors and or the marketing and web directors, but normally both of them together because they have to be hand in hand in everything that they do. And I like to make sure that they are talking and communicating um, accordingly. So, you know, my as a little aside, my old boss, this is in the secular world, but one of my first bosses that I reported to. He was the CEO and I was literally working in a purchasing inventory control specialist role. He gave me good advice and said, you know, there's always room for a middleman between the management and the technical. He said, if you can fill that gap, you will always have a place in an organization. And so here I am 25 years later, 30 years later, And, you know, I've given board of director speeches and I can go and talk to the person writing code and doing artwork. I have learned that gap very well. I I was blessed to know, learn technical. I can talk to the people who code. I can talk to artists. I can talk to social media strategists. And at the same time, I can roll that up and speak high level to executives who may not can speak that language. And so that my gap filling um, abilities have really helped me in my career and they've helped my clients too, because quite frankly, I get hired a lot by non-technical leadership, but that's not my only focus, but that's where people really can use me or maybe they are technical, but they didn't want to focus there. Um, We'll talk about that here in a minute. But basically, I feel like I do two things for organizations. I sometimes feel what I call the brother-in-law role. 
<laughs> that is everybody needs a friend. You know, the old saying that, <laughs> you know, everybody needs a lawyer in their family and everybody needs a doctor in their family just to, you know, be able to pick up the phone and call. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to go in and have to go to a doctor for this, but man, I got this little mole right here. What should I do? And so you just call your brother-in-law. Um, well, I'm the brother-in-law for digital strategy is, you know, organizations like, well, we're, we're about ready to get a new website. You know, it's a hundred thousand dollars too much. It's 20,000. What should I do this? Our report showed this. What does that mean? My guys are telling me X, but I don't know whether that's true or not. And should I, I'm spending a lot of money on my digital. Is it, is it performing correctly? So I'm the brother-in-law, I'm the sounding board. And so a lot of organizations put me on retainer and I will literally just answer the phone, get on, you know, when they need me, they'll pick up the phone and call me. But sometimes we have weekly or bi-weekly calls just to go over reports or information. And one of the things I do with one client, not exclusively, but they'll just say, Hey, we're firing off these emails this month. Would you take a look at them? And I look at them and I tweak them. I'm their quality control person. One of the examples I like to use, it was one of a great story is they had created an email and they were going to send it out. And they asked me to look at it last second. And I, I marked it up and came back to them and say, I suggest this subject change line. And I would bold this, remove this, you know, just simple little tweaks. Well, they just thought, well, we're just going to A-B test this and we're going to send ours out the way we had it. And then we're going to send Todd's out. Well, mine raised 17,000 more dollars than theirs. And it was because I have sent out thousands of emails and I have just watched the reports and I, there's just things I know that they don't know. And, um, it's easy for me to tweak things, you know, matter of fact, I don't even like starting from a blank page. I love working with people who've already put content in their voice. I just know that a lot of organizations are in a hurry. They're just happy to get an email out and then they just don't know how to put lipstick on it or they don't know some of the best practices. So I come alongside them and sort of boost what they're doing um, and just make it a little bit better. But the, but th that's sort of the retainer model. There's also people who just bring me in one time, though I would say 90% of people who bring me in actually keep me, but that's okay. That's not a requirement. I will meet with people for a one session, but one of one of the sessions I like doing is, is what I call a digital audit. It's for people who just want me to come in and help move the needle, get them off where they're at, and I come in and do a, a quick analysis of what are your goals? What, what what are your issues? Let me look under the hood for a minute. And it's normally a two, two days at their location where I sit down with probably the head of marketing and web and the executive director or founder. And we just go through numbers. Show me your numbers. Show me your goals. Let's literally go through your website Let's go through your social media, show me your emails. And it's just a pouring in of advice. When we leave, they, they will have a list of to-do items organized by order of importance. Some of those are quick fixes. Some of those are 
three months, six months, even year goals for their whole team to march to, to help them move the needle in whatever it is. You know, Hey, we need more new names or we need more donations or we, you know, we, we think we needed this. What do you think? And so it's just a couple day digital strategy. I used to try to do this in one hour and I've done that before. People, you paid me $500 an hour just to have me blow through their website really quick. And those work. They work. I mean, trust me, I've had people say that was the best hour I've ever spent with someone because I can just, quite frankly, vomit a lot of information. But I don't like to do that, quite frankly. I know when people try to hire me, they'd rather pay you know 500 than 5000 I get it. I'm going to liken it to somebody with cancer walking in the doctor's office and they just give you two aspirin and, you know, to say, well, you need to exercise more and, you know, go for walks. Well, that's not really going to get to the, the problem. Those are just quote unquote band-aid solutions. And I think sometimes with, with websites, you can get band-aid solutions, but I want people to know the why, why am I doing that? Why am I telling you to change this on your landing page? Why am I t- tweaking your navigation you know, why all that, those whys come out in longer relationships, longer sessions. And I really encourage that because I want to teach the methodology so that when I'm no longer there, those that are there can have new lenses on when they do the next project. So that's pretty much the um, nonprofit angle of what I do. I come in with fresh, experienced eyes. And I move the needles for organizations with their digital strategy, with the whole hope of collecting new names for the organization and to develop storytelling that results in new donations, increased donations, monthly partners of an organization. Um, I'm not one to just say, here's how you market or here's what a good website looks to my whole end game is to increase exposure in such a way that their people want to join the organization, join the movement, join the mission, and be a part of that. And so when your organization hires me, on the other side of that, you should see increases and in moving of the needle of new names and more funds to do your God-sized mission. Now, I also work with churches. This one is a little bit interesting. I'm just going to be very blunt. Churches, even though I have a passion for churches, it is a very hard industry to serve. At least serve it the way I see my value to those organizations. I'm sure I could serve all kinds of churches. I am sort of picky because I'm not I'm not a... Um, a money grabber. And I know some churches sort of are, um, they like their big buildings and their, their shiny things. And I, I don't know, I have a little bit of hard time fundraising to feed the church machine, but I love helping churches that are on mission. And I want you to hear that word differently than just being a church that are on mission. And I want to help fund that mission. It is a, Talking money in churches is so taboo. It is literally, the industry is very interesting. How it works is 
it's just there there's bad words people don't the word marketing in churches and fundraising in churches are just so negative it is pushing rope uphill to to break in to this industry unless a church wants to call an organization and say hey we want to build a building or they want to do a quote unquote capital campaign many churches won't even hire outside consultants for that, but some will because they see a finish line with it and they see one purpose of like, we need to raise a couple million dollars. What are we going to do? But the idea of just being better at asking for money, it just, it's, I mean, the door's locked on that. It's really, really hard to get in, but I still offer that service because guess what? It's biblical. It is actually okay. I can't help how there are preconceived notions about money and hiring consultants that talk about money, but I'm sorry, I'm staying in the biblical realm of it. it you know, Paul asked for funds. <laughs> it's okay. The Bible is full of asking people to give to certain things. It is okay. It is totally okay. Now there's a good way to do it and a bad way to do it. But in my, in my case, the way I, I say it is the flock, a pastor's flock is on the internet way more than they're in the pew and they're being their attention is being pulled at a thousand different ways and there are good christians who give to organizations because they're passionate about something that don't give to the local church and i help churches craft their story online digital channels meaning web email, social media, and I help them tell their ministry story where their donors give. And it's not even rocket science because I've done it for decades. I know what I'm doing and churches are in the dark ages. They literally are in the, well, just put a give button in the top right of our church website. And then that's, that's, that's passing the plate online. And that's not, what that's just not efficient it's not effective it doesn't work i know right now at the time i'm recording this that churches are in a place where actually a lot of them are doing well even though the day's coming that they won't because it goes up and down uh, the economy right now with the covid and how that happened the have and the have nots are spreading the givers are giving more but if if churches were really honest about looking at their data, which most churches do not look at their data this way, they would see that the non-givers are still non-givers. So even though the church may be increased their revenue or doing well financially, it's because the givers are giving more and the non-givers are still not giving. And so what I like to do is help them talk to the people in their flock and in their pews that are not traditional church givers and help them understand that when they give to the church, they're giving to their own ministry, their own passions. And it's not just an act of quote unquote obedience. It's an act of, of love. It's an act of, Oh wow. I actually care about the kids down the street that you're giving backpacks to this next school year. And I didn't even know our church was doing that because I missed Sunday and the only place that y'all talked about it. So anyway, I hope this helped. I, you know, I help churches communicate their needs and their mission to their flock by using their digital channels. And a lot of churches 
don't even do a well enough job from the pulpit, quite frankly. They certainly don't do a well enough job online. And if they, if, if they're doing anything and they're trusting whoever's job it is to do social media, whoever's job it is to write the email, they're just trust, trusting that they're doing it right. And I come alongside and help them do that. I do this, I do all the above, everything I just got through talking about. I do it in person. I do it over the phone, you know, via Zoom. And I also have two master classes, one built for small to mid-sized organizations and one built for churches, for someone or an organization that just doesn't have the time and they want to do something at their own pace. Then I've just recorded um, the content in a way that they can consume that or they can consume it when they get new employees in and say, hey, we want you to watch this so you understand the new philosophy that we do. And I'm sort of like a trainer for new employees that are onboarded at organizations. So I hope that helps um, you know what I do, how I, I come alongside you, I come alongside others. And if you have any questions, obviously contact me. Blessings. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow on TikTok or Instagram for daily stories Christians need to know. Wanting to increase the reach of your ministry or your church's ability to make disciples? Come to my website for free resources and webinars built exclusively for Christian nonprofits and churches. CreativeDigitalGuide.com helps executive directors and pastors learn how to gain ministry partners to do God-sized missions.